This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. And welcome to the podcast. This is Anne-Marie Schieber of Healthcare News. Can we trust doctors today to act in our best interests? And I bring this question up after what we've seen over the last couple of years during the pandemic. I mean, we found a lot of doctors pushing the Anthony Fauci and the CDC approved recommendations, perhaps at our expense. Um, you know, many doctors were widely pushing investigational vaccines discrediting alternative therapies such as ivermectin, supporting masks and lockdowns and all of these measures. Uh, And they raised many eyebrows and ultimately had um, not a whole lot of impact on stopping the virus. So how can patients arm themselves in the future? Because we seem to have set a new standard in the doctor-patient relationship where it is not just between the doctor and the patient, but doctor and the biopharma industrial complex, the drug companies, the federal health agencies. So I am pleased to have back on the podcast, Joel Hirschhorn, who is the editor of the Pandemic Blunder newsletter and the book Pandemic Blunder. He has been working tirelessly on this issue for since the beginning of the pandemic, right? We connected, it seems a long time ago. And he recently posted an article on his Substack titled, Most Physicians Are Ignorant, Cowards, or Just Biased. So that caught my attention, maybe some others too. Welcome back. Good to be with you. All right, so Dr. Hirschhorn, has the relationship between doctor and patient changed over the years, and why? Well, I think it has. I think uh, most of the public, if they haven't lost trust, they should lose trust in the doctors they ordinarily see. And the point everyone needs to understand is that the vast majority of doctors, way over 90%, uh, work for corporations. They either work for hospitals or healthcare organizations or uh, uh, academic institutions. But my point is they're not independent. And we do have some independent doctors around the country, but very few. And if they're not independent, then their employers require them to follow the guidelines and the dictates of the federal public, what they call public health agencies including NIH, you know, and FDA and CDC and all the state and local agencies. So their employers do not let them think or act independently. And I wrote the article because I know this is the case from my own experience with my doctors, as well as I, I am an executive volunteer at a major hospital and I've attended lots and lots of meetings with the hospital staff and the medical staff, and I know they're, they're all thinking uh, sort of part of the Fauci crowd. I mean, it's like I never hear anyone think independently about yeah. all of the issues in the pandemic that I've been writing about. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been my personal experience. When I see an independent doctor, they are so different from what you typically get that you really know that you're getting, um, you have a good relationship there. Now, for most of us, 
COVID seems like history. I mean, are doctors still bringing up the vaccine and recommending that it to their patients? I think most are, from my experience, from what I see and hear, they still are promoting vaccine shots and booster shots. And even despite all the data, which shows that they're not safe and effective, uh, there are some new statistics out showing that relatively few Americans are taking the booster shots at least, but it's too late. You know, my point about where this pandemic is, it, it may be true that we think now, well, it's not killing a lot of people. Well, that's not true. Every day, if you follow the uh, official data, nearly 500 Americans are still dying every day. That's a huge number, okay? Mm -hmm. Every week, Americans yeah. are dying from, from COVID as, as we had on 9-11. So, but the point is the pandemic has also shifted gears so that we have millions of people now with what we call long COVID. And uh, that is a very serious uh, medical condition with uh, 20 or 30 common symptoms. And most doctors, nearly all doctors, don't know how to deal with this. There are very few, if any, even partial uh, effective uh, treatments or solutions. So long COVID, which hits about 20% at least of people who got the COVID infection, and then it shows up weeks or months later, many months sometimes, it's ruining the quality of life. We have in the United States at least a million or more people who cannot go back to work because of their symptoms of long COVID, um, particularly extreme physical fatigue, uh, brain fog, uh, lots of other mental issues. And it's not psychological. Long COVID is a medical, a medical problem that most doctors don't know how to diagnose. They certainly don't know how to treat. Uh, I wanna point out the other dimension of the pandemic that we're still in, are all the impacts of the vaccines themselves. And so now we have lots of people dying and coming down with all kinds of illnesses. And these are the effects of the vaccines. The COVID vaccines that so many millions have taken uh, ruins uh, uh, immune systems and it damages blood. And those two factors now explain why so many people some die very quickly within days of, uh, of vaccine shots, but people are dying. Uh, people have looked at the data and people are dying uh, on average about five months after their last shot. So the pandemic is still going on in terms of long COVID and also the effects of the vaccines themselves. Yeah, all very chilling. Now, can let's talk about your article. You include a set of questions that patients should ask if they if this subject of COVID vaccines comes up. Can you kind of go through some of those questions? Yeah. They're meant to show uh, uh, a patient that their doctor is not paying attention uh, or does not care about these uh, various dimensions of, uh, of of the pandemic. And you know, the first question was, do you still think COVID vaccines and boosters are safe and effective for everyone. Now, a good doctor would say no. Uh, another question, uh, do you think the benefits outweigh the risk for most people? And I would say a really good doctor would say no. We know that young people, for example, uh, their risk of the vaccines 
far outweigh any benefits. Uh, and, and I asked one question, are you staying informed about proven alternatives to vaccines that some doctors have been using from the very beginning of the pandemic? And I would say most doctors have mm. not paid any attention uh, to these alternatives, including the use of ivermectin, for example. But also I have a few questions on vitamin D. We have had now very, very good research out of Germany that have looked at this in detail. And I would say a good question to ask a doctor, are you aware you know, that vitamin D, high level in the blood, prevents people from getting COVID? And I would say most doctors would say no. And then I say a patient should ask their doctor, do you test your patients? Can I get a test for vitamin D in my blood to see whether I have a good level of vitamin D? And I would say hardly any doctor ever tests their patient's blood for vitamin D. Mm. I had to demand my doctor uh, uh, to get the vitamin D test. And luckily, because I've been taking a lot of vitamin D, my blood level was above that critical number of 50 nanograms per milliliter. But most people never have their blood tested for vitamin D. And doctors won't do it. No, I don't. And then, okay, so that's a, that's a great question. Anything else? Well, you know, uh, again, I, one question I said, if I tested positive for COVID and begged you for a prescription for ivermectin, would you provide it? And I would say most doctors would say no. And the reason is, and I've had this from my doctor, is again, because the, the, their employers who follow the guidelines and dictates would say we can't do it. In, in his computer system, he couldn't prescribe ivermectin for me because it's not allowed in the, uh, from, from his employer. It's not part of the, the computer system that they have to use to prescribe medicines. So yeah. <laughs> that's just the reality. And again, we have, we have some good doctors around the country, but probably I would say not more than a few dozen independent doctors. Some of them have become fairly famous, like Peter McCullough in Texas, George Farid in California. But we have uh, just a handful of doctors who are doing all the right things. And by the way, in uh, George Farid's practice, I know in California, they have treated many, many, many thousands of, of people None of them have ever gotten COVID or gone to the hospital or died because they're using protocols based on vitamins, supplements, and ivermectin. Yeah. Now, one of the things that you mentioned in your article is a letter that you got from a doctor and you printed this letter. It was chilling. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what this letter said and, and how this may have um, prompted you to come up with these questions? Well, I, when I read the letter, I, I, I said, well, I had been thinking about writing an article about what doctors are really failing their, their, their patients. And this doctor, you know, explains from his point of view why he would be in, you know, great trouble uh, if he spoke out publicly uh, about, about, you know, on the right side of these issues. Uh, he, he would jeopardize his job. And, and by the way, Many, I know a number of doctors who have already lost their licenses, mm. lost their jobs because they did speak out. So that is a reality that, that these doctors have to be, if they're concerned about holding on to their jobs, they are probably not going to speak very publicly, even to their patients, 
uh, uh, I'm not talking about public to the newspaper or anything. They just won't, won't be public about if they know the truth. Now, I think a lot of doctors don't know the truth because they don't have enough time to, uh, to follow the uh, medical research literature. Yeah. But, and, and now we have this law passed in California, which really threatens doctors. Oh, yeah. If they speak out. So this letter, uh, which was written before they just passed a law, but refers to that California bill, um, that's the truth of it. These doctors who are not independent uh, are too afraid in many cases, but also I think they're too ignorant. They just, if you, the life of a normal doctor, I mean, what's he, most patients only get 10 or 15 minutes because doctors who work for these corporate employers are, are compelled to see lots and lots of patients. They have to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Assembly line medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have the time. They don't have the time. Mm-hmm. I've actually had a conversation yeah. with one of my doctors. He says he doesn't have the time to read the literature anymore. Uh, yeah. To follow yeah. Do, do you think this same scenario could play out again? Maybe not COVID, but another virus or health threat where, you know, they get a top-down remedy for dealing with it? Well, I think that's, unfortunately, that's the system we have now. Um, I mean, I can't believe, remember, Fauci and that crowd are still pushing the booster shots and new booster shots, you know, supposedly for the new uh, variants of the virus. So they're not stopping. And there are still mandates. I want to emphasize this thing is not over. You know, mandates for college students. These are young people. Oh, yeah. And again, do, their risk far outweighs any benefit from getting the booster shots. Uh, so there yeah. are there still are mandates. There still are all the wrong things. You know, we haven't closed the society down, but the mandates are still there. And uh, a lot of people have lost their jobs recently in New York City, for example. City employers employees lost their job because they did, refused to get vaccinated. So. It's still going on. This, you know, we sort of have lost a lot of the public doesn't follow this closely. They're getting their information or misinformation, disinformation from the mainstream media and social media. So they're not well informed. Uh, You know, know, I I always look at as a red flag if is if I have to wear a mask in a doctor's office today. Um, a lot of doctors' offices still um, subscribe to that. You know, years ago, my, my husband was totally immune deficient. He had cancer, had a bone marrow transplant. The doctors, this is 13 years ago, old, old, 13 years ago, um, and he'd always ask, should I be wearing a mask? And they're like, no, it won't do you a bit of good. <laughs> so even the doctors were telling him not to wear the mask. And I remember Dr. Zelenko, he was quite sick and he wasn't wearing the mask. He had one lung, I think. And it's just shocking today that this is now the standard protocol. And I kind of think of that as a red flag when I walk into these doctor's offices and I know I'm walking into a corporate assembly line outfit here. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm 83, so I see a lot of doctors. I have three <laughs> doctors that I see on a regular basis. In every case, I have to wear a mask, and they are all wearing masks, all the staff and doctors. Every office I go to, every medical office I go to, that the masking is still a mandate. Yeah, 
Just crazy. Well, thank you so much, Joel Hirshhorn, for coming back on the podcast. I always love talking to you. You are doing such a phenomenal job. I don't know how you have the energy and time to do all that you do, but I will I highly encourage our listeners, check out your, your website, Pandemic, um, and it's on Substack, right? So it's the Pandemic yeah. Newsletter, and we'll put links on our podcast description in case you're not familiar with it. Um, again, thank you so much, and you know, like I said, Dr. Hirshhorn was one of the earliest voices ringing the alarm bell on this new age in healthcare. And we really do appreciate your voice and courage. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Please be sure to rate this podcast on your platform to spread the word, uh, become a regular subscriber. Uh, like I said, I'll mention, I'll put a lot of the uh, links of some of the topics, the, the subjects that we talked about today, uh, on the, uh, especially on the pandemic newsletter Substack, and where you can check that out. Thank you for joining us. This is Anne-Marie Schieber. Mm-hmm.